1: Have you heard about a B2B e commerce company that aims to connect and upgrade the technological interaction of business and consumers? Unbelievable, right? But with Obanana Corp., everything can turn from impossible to possible. With their quick and reliable online marketplace business solutions for better customer satisfaction and bringing premium products and business partnerships. My favorite feature for easy browsing is their Market Hub section with construction, electronics, logistics, shipyard services, real estate, travel and tours, food and beverage, apparel, agriculture, and general services. I'm sure that this all-in-one seamless platform is something where you couldn't ask for more. Be updated and visit their social media accounts, PH for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube and TikTok. Discover more and be more with Open Anna Corp.
2: Hello. Hello. <coughs> Podcast Network Asia. Work Asia. Network Asia. I guess the idea is that you gain getting some, you lose some. You can imagine if I kept my money into Bitcoin, I should have been made so much more money. It's just we cannot predict things. And you have to think that you've done your best. And if you failed, you just stand up again and then do your best again. You cannot do anything about certain things. Just try to do your best.
1: good evening, good afternoon, good morning all over the world. My name is RJ Ledesma, and welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. In my podcast, I interview the countries and even the world's most pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, and can we hack those success secrets? How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic, and more importantly, What opportunities do they see emerging during the period of the new normal and even the next normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please do let me know. Drop me a message. I would love to learn from them. We are also live on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and now the Bounce Back Network tonight. For all those who want to learn about blockchain and how to become an entrepreneur, In the blockchain environment, I've got a great guest. He's going to be uh, featured right now on the upcoming Final Pitch season, which is being produced by my good friend, also also hosting the show, Mr. John Aguilar. Again, congrats, John. We're going to be having over here on the show, Jay Villarante, who is the chairman and CEO of 8 Ventures. Under 8 Ventures, it includes several companies, which include Paylands, which is a Bitcoin payments rewards platform that lets users send money for free and earn Bitcoins. They also have Moneybees, which is a Banco Central and Pilipinas-licensed cryptocurrency exchange that is processing billions of pesos of transactions every year. And finally, Secuna, which is a cyber security testing platform for small and medium enterprises like my own business, government agencies, banks, and multinational corporations. Recently, in an interview... Uh, Jay said that the Philippines' future lies in technology, which is why we are teching up the local economy with services and solutions to help the country inch closer towards its development goals. So please welcome on my show. Very happy to have him over here, Jay Villarante. Jay, thanks so much for joining us, Jay.
2: Good evening, everyone.
1: It's a pleasure to have you, Jay. Before everything else, this is a really great book that Jay has got out right now. Thank you. It's called Blockchain, a Catalyst for Good Governance in the Philippines. So you can see he's really an advocate uh, for blockchain. And he's seeing the benefits of how blockchain can help the government. And right now, people who might not even have a notion of what blockchain is, they're wondering, "Huh? Is blockchain? Pang cryptocurrency lang yan? Parin nakakatulong sa ating gobierno." Of course, later on tonight, throughout our discussion, we'll give them a better idea of how how blockchain works. But Jay, how can people get a copy of your book right now?
2: It's on Amazon. They they can search the title and um, yeah, they can read it via Kindle.
1: Oh, great. At the same time, it's a really interesting cover. It's her national hero. I know there's an interesting story behind this cover. Please tell us about it.
2: It's done by my friend in Switzerland. She's doing a lot of paintings that are Filipino themed. She's into Bitcoin. Uh, about four years ago, we kind of introduced her to Bitcoin. She got Really interested, and she painted this artwork that are Bitcoin themed, and you can see all the all the cryptocurrencies in the background of a cerizal And uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> the it's,
2: I'm, I'm It's actually a, a a big painting. It's a physical paint. Uh, it's not yet uh, digital. Okay, so
1: Jay. Uh, let's start off. There are many people here hearing blockchain for the first time. Uh, on the show, we've had previous people who are involved in blockchain, like uh, we said, Michelle Gaba of Finax, uh discussing the cryptocurrency exchange here on the show. But still, for many people, it's a concept that they need to be able to better grasp. And for example, like my dad, who's about 77 years old, you know, it's quite a challenge to explain Bitcoin to him or even you know, regular people who, who have not been exposed to the blockchain or cryptocurrency environment. Maybe we can start off this discussion so that we can onboard more people. Is to put us all on the same page. How can we explain to my seventy-seven-year-old dad or to a layman? First of all, what does blockchain mean? What is blockchain all about?
2: Oh, uh, first we have to explain how the, the traditional system works. The traditional banking system works. So how you know how we pay, for example, with credit card. So when we pay with credit card, there's an issuer, there's, a, there's the bank that says you have this amount on your credit card. And then when you pay, your wallet on the credit card gets deducted, and then the wallet of the merchant gets added and gets credited. So that's how our traditional banking system works. There's, there's this middleman, the, the bank, the, the issuer, that verifies the transaction, that validates whether your wallet has a balance. So what blockchain does, it, it replaces the bank with a decentralized network. So it gets rid of the centralized system and creates a decentralized network. So these decentralized networks a network of computers that are running globally, and they're the ones that's validating transactions using an algorithm that makes this uh, system robust. So far, this one is running for for the Bitcoin blockchain has been running for almost 10 years it hasn't been broken. Still uh, growing in value. Uh, right now, it's about $66,000 per unit of, of oh. Bitcoin. And I- I'm going to jump again to the how they verify the transactions uh, using the decentralized network. This is a peer-to-peer system. The network creates this problem where the miners will have to solve. And then, <laughs> and then whoever solves the problem will get a certain amount of rewards from the system. And that is how the bitcoin is minted is created and the bitcoin is not just money that is like a paper currency or a coin that you cannot do anything other than exchange it it's also programmable so the unit is highly programmable uh you can you can put any value in it for example a share of a corporation anything for example if you're familiar with USDT a unit of Ether that is assigned a value that is uh, in U.S. dollars. So a unit of this uh, cryptocurrency can be assigned a a value.
1: Okay. By the way, I just want to greet uh, my idol and marketing guru, uh, Josiah Ghost, watching here right now. Uh, Sir Josiah always wanted me to learn something new. Uh, really great to have you over here and just uh, he's also having the second Mansmith Innovation Awards uh, coming up. Please do apply for the second Mansmith innovation Awards. Uh, my company, Mercato Central was very lucky to be one of the winners in the first Mansmith Innovation Awards for innovative business model. Hopefully um, your company might be next now Jay going, just going back to you know, we were explaining blockchain in relation to I guess what we call cryptocurrency right or or Bitcoin, right? But in general, why is blockchain such a good thing for us? Maybe we have to step back and tell people what what is blockchain all about and why is it something that can be used uh, in primarily people use it for cryptocurrency but can be used for other things where it's very useful.
2: As I mentioned, the unit of the cryptocurrency can be assigned any value. Uh, For example, a, a land title. If you assign a land title into the blockchain, then you won't need a certain Agencies anymore in government. For example, uh, the land uh, registration. So you don't need anymore an agency and in government to verify whether a certain land title exists or a certain contract. So it creates this scenario where middlemen are no longer necessary.
1: I see. When basically is that uh, it's verifiable if your land title is on the blockchain, you know that the title is yours. Or let's say, for it's example, yours. even a contract. A contract is real because it's verifiable to the owner of that contract, right? Yes. And that's one of the, one, one of the great things of having the blockchain.
2: That's right. I think that's right. what you
1: just need to further understand is what creates the value for a cryptocurrency? What makes it like money? Yeah. Or what, of, of how we understand how money works, right? Because when we think about money, who gives the value to the 5 pesos, the 100 pesos that we spend? What gives value I, to I'm the gonna... cryptocurrency that we spend oh.
2: Okay, I'm gonna mention Bitcoin because there are many other cryptocurrencies. For example, Bitcoin. Bitcoin has a, a steady uh, supply; it cannot be just created out of thin air. Only a certain amount of Bitcoin can be created every ten minutes, and this scarcity, combined with other factors, it can easily be traded globally. It can be it can easily be sent to any person in the world. It creates this uh, scenario where. A lot of people are using a currency that is very limited in supply. We know very well when something is very limited and the demand is growing as the more people are using it, as more people are accepting it as currency, we know very well what will happen and the price will go up.
1: Okay, so having said that, and maybe we have a a clearer picture of, of what the blockchain is, what exactly is it that you do as a blockchain entrepreneur? You run a business called 8 Ventures. And what exactly is 8 Ventures? I guess that's a holding company for all your blockchain-related businesses. Is that right?
2: Yes. Actually, we, we started with trading cryptocurrencies first. It's around 2012. Bitcoin was around $20, less than $20 each, And when we started trading cryptocurrency. And Bitcoin didn't have a lot of users yet back then here in the Philippines. And we somehow invited more uh adopters and we provided the liquidity where people can sell their cryptocurrencies here in the philippines there's a network effect in this business because uh more people uh use the currencies we have uh more users also this like a network that is uh that's right growing so the in. network
1: grows exponentially but let's go yeah. back though since we're talking about how, how your company mm-hmm. came together in the first place and i'm, I'm really curious as to find out because i uh, really built a big company out of out of eight ventures with all the different businesses which you have over there i want to take a step back a bit more though no? and you did say that you became a blockchain entrepreneur since 2012. i'm thinking back 2012 you know the philippines blockchain barely anybody uh knew about blockchain how did you, I guess, spot the opportunity and what was the pain point that you're looking at? What was your background at the time that yeah. made you come into blockchain?
2: So uh, before before I encountered Bitcoin, I was, was uh, really libertarian. <laughs> I, I didn't like the government. I didn't like government uh, printing money uh, back then. I guess uh, the distrust in how the, the government manages the economy. Back then, we really believed that there, will be, there should be a. The government should not manage money. Uh, the central bank systems is not uh, working for the poor people. So, so what was we, your
1: irritation, Kubaga? Yeah. was your pain point.
2: Bitcoin came in uh, around 2009, 2010. And uh, I got really very interested on how it works. Combined with my, also, I, I was a computer programmer, uh, so I understand how it works, understand how the algorithm works and, and why it's the, the, the design is robust. I guess that's how I, I knew that it's going to be a, a success in the future. It's going to be big. The, and so when we, we were trading cryptocurrencies around 2012, we made some money doing that. And so we formed our companies, uh, under eight ventures. We have Paylands, Moneybees. We invested on these things because we know that it's going to grow and we know there, there will be demand for, for cryptocurrencies and the rest is history. And also we, we did uh, other startups like, uh, Seguna, which is our uh, cybersecurity, uh, because we need for our cryptocurrency exchanges to be secured, we need to have talented people auditing our, our systems. They are the ethical hackers. They're constantly checking whether we have vulnerabilities in our system. And we spun it off this team and created a company, also offered that to other companies so that we could also check other companies' websites if they have vulnerabilities.
1: So sort of like, uh, well, at least, Sekuna, you, it was like sort of like an internal problem which you had. And if yeah. it worked, now you can sell it to other people as well. You can sell an internal solution out to other people because you know that it works. We've had similar exactly. companies also that did the same thing that they, they figured it out internally. And because it's good, they can sell the product outside. That was the product also of Monolith Growth Consulting the other day.
2: Exactly. And that's why Aid Ventures is here. And we're also continuously looking for other startups that can also be a great addition to our ecosystem.
1: So I want to go back a bit more. Back in 2012, you know, I mean, it's not like today where you've got a FedAx here, which is the cryptocurrency exchange. And uh, I guess it might be easier to withdraw your money for cryptocurrency. Tell us about how it's like back in 2012. Because I would say, you know, it is still the, the nascent days of, of Bitcoin. You weren't sure. Is it going to work? It's not going to work. Tell us about your experience of you know, investing there and having to withdraw the money from there. Uh, during these Yeah,
2: times. I remember during those times, I, I don't anymore sleep because I was reading articles on Reddit, <laughs> on the Bitcoin page on Reddit, and everything is there. and We can connect with people in the Philippines who are also interested in Bitcoin, also trading cryptocurrencies. And that's how we networked back then. Of course, now it's easier to find people who you can check for cashing out or cashing in. But back then, uh, we used forums, uh, Bitcoin Talk. Uh, I, I think they're still very active. Uh, a lot of Facebook groups as well. When
1: was the first time that you actually concluded a transaction and you were able Because, you know, of course, you know, Bitcoin sounds like it's out there. But when was the first time you actually were able to? Change your money from Bitcoin to actual cash and, and spend on it. Tell us about that first experience for you.
2: It was on local Bitcoins, I think. This is a Finnish company. There's a website, it's like a website like eBay for Bitcoin where you can find uh, other sellers. So I, I found uh, an advertisement selling Bitcoin and uh, I bought Bitcoin using, I think, back and BPI. <laughs> BPI now does not allow cryptocurrencies anymore. But back then, I I, I relied on BPI for for trading cryptocurrencies. Yeah, BPI back then asked me a lot of questions, what is this? What is Bitcoin? And um, the banks didn't know back then what cryptocurrency was. And then years later, it was around 2017, I think, or 2016. The central bank also invited us (laughs) to talk about Bitcoin because they don't know how to regulate this new form of money. Then uh, they they released their guidelines, they released their uh, regulations, and uh, around that time also there there, there are lots of uh, regulated entities. And now it's easier to to do uh, cash-in and cash-out because the banks now know that uh, we are following compliance with the government. It's it's very hard for me to say, like because we started very uh, libertarian. We don't like government. We want central banks to be abolished, blah blah blah. And now we're complying with the government, complying with the central bank. Uh, I guess my perspective also changed in terms mm-hmm. of how you know the government is also necessary in making Bitcoin and cryptocurrency grow because you need trust in the system. We cannot have criminals using cryptocurrencies or you know um, child traffickers and, and the like We want this one to be useful for society if it's not useful for society then people <laughs> just demand it to be uh, you know shut down and uh, get rid of it so I guess um, my perception changed uh, and then there are more people now using cryptocurrency because it's now trustworthy.
1: talking about the trustworthiness of, of, of cryptocurrency you know, I mean different governments. Like you said, it's a decentralized system, but different governments have different perspectives. And these are policymakers who think differently about Bitcoin. So, you know, before I go into a discussion about how you became a blockchain entrepreneur, I first want to know, you know, if you look at Bitcoin and the future of Bitcoin, there are countries like China right now, which has banned, basically, crypto. And then there are other countries which are saying, okay, we're going to be the first cryptocurrency, you know, we will be the first one to turn our currency into cryptocurrency. Where exactly does the Philippines lie over here with regard to cryptocurrency, in your opinion? Because you're seeing the whole perspective. And at the same time, how do you think how, how, how stable will be the future of, of Bitcoin? Because, you know, it, it seems to rise and fall sometimes when Elon Musk says, I'm going to use Bitcoin or, or not use Bitcoin.
2: I don't think it will ever be stable. <laughs> Products now are getting released, like the Bitcoin futures ETF that are we, we are hoping we'll make uh, cryptocurrency more stable. Uh, but Going back to your other question, uh, where where does the Philippines... I think the Philippines needs to take advantage of this new industry. There's a lot of potential. The Philippines is right to take advantage of this. Right now, number 15 globally top adopters of uh, cryptocurrency. I think uh, for countries like China, they will be in a disadvantage later on if they keep on banning blockchain technology. Because there are a lot of potentials. It, it, it will make things more efficient in terms of, for example, land registration. If you don't have government anymore, looking into it. Even marriage.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> Even marriage Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I think in the future, people will no longer need the government to do this uh, certain thing. Of course, government will still be there. I'm not saying uh, we should get rid of government, it's just we can minimize the role of governments in our lives. Right now, government is too much uh, into everything. The less government there is, it's better.
1: Are you currently in the process of building your own business or you are already a big business and you're aiming to grow bigger? Whether you're a micro or macro business, I think I have just the most life-changing platform for you. And when I say life-changing, I'm talking about O-Banana Corp. They're currently seeking merchant partners and interested customers to experience their excellent service and premium products. For more information. Visit their social media accounts, OBananaPH, for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. Together with their wide merchant benefits and key feature benefits, come and level up with OBanana Corp.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: And having said that, I hope you don't mind. There are also people like, the first time they're hearing about Bitcoin, they go, "Oh, I want to invest in Bitcoin, but or in something." But the problem is, many of them, especially those who don't understand, they can be they fall victims to Ponzi schemes or investment scams because you know they just don't understand. It just sounds like another fancy term for you know investment, yeah. and people take advantage of that. Can you That's just help good. people for the first time who, who are getting into it? What's the best way to get into investing in Bitcoin? And 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 on the flip side how can they make sure that they're not being scammed if they're trying to start off in bitcoin
2: yeah for, first of all uh check first if the company is registered or licensed with the central bank to do exchange of current cryptocurrency and also check with the sec if if the company is licensed to uh provide investments for the public in this Cases. uh the government will really do a, a, a great job uh protecting consumers uh from scammers yeah it, it's just the people has to do due diligence on on these companies on these people um,
1: and then if you're a first timer in bitcoin how do you suggest that they enter into the uh, industry how do, how should they start investing in bitcoin or what should they research what should they do
2: they can go to li- those licensed uh cryptocurrency exchanges to buy bitcoin for example uh for bitcoin what i i cannot uh, you know, suggest on how to buy or sell cryptocurrencies, because uh, I, I cannot suggest investments. But I guess uh, Bitcoin is a good long-term hold.
1: That's your perspective on Bitcoin. That's the perspective that you've taken for Bitcoin.
2: Yeah, and, and many other uh, cryptocurrencies are, are real good. Uh, for example, Ethereum, ADA, and others. If there's an opportunity to buy, for example, when it dips, then you can put in a small amount, an amount that you can afford to lose, and then hold it for a long time, forget about it, (laughs) put it aside and forget about it and wait for it to grow in value.
1: I got that. Now let's go back to your own entrepreneurial journey, Jay. In 2012, like you said at the start, you were blockchain, you were were learning more about it, you were buying uh, cryptocurrency and maybe selling a bit. When did you become an entrepreneur about it? You know, instead of just being involved in the buying and selling, how did you turn your advocacy or your appreciation of Bitcoin into entrepreneurship? How did you become an entrepreneur from, from, as a result? Yeah,
2: of that? I, I started with, started with just 100,000 pesos in capital. <laughs> and then uh, we slowly grew, grew the, the transaction volume. And now we're, we're doing, uh, I think this year we've done 6 billion uh, worth of uh, volume. Uh, we've already exceeded our target of two billion uh, for this year. But uh, the how it started really is that we need to create a process. Uh, you know that you're already doing a business when you're creating processes that will make the system more robust uh, for transaction uh, secured. For example, you don't lose any money doing the transaction. So creating that system, I guess, is the first step for for doing the you know uh you know that you're doing business already and then uh i you put the right people in there because this is a, a financial company we need people who are or trusted and we cannot just hire people who are, you know, uh, we get from somewhere. They have to be trusted. You know that they're not gonna run away with the money. And so we—that's how we grew. Some of our, my employees are still with us for almost a decade now. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh. They know because they—they they, they know that we are good because they can see the growth. They can see that what we believe from the start is real uh now they can see it's real <laughs> bitcoin is all over right now but back then nobody knew what bitcoin was
1: that's right and, and i mean at least now more people have a, a better understanding and not not that fully actually you know there's so much to comprehend when it comes to bitcoin but but when you got there then so the the first thing that you did if i understand it correctly is that you create a process to be able to invest in more bitcoin right that that's the first process that you created for your company is that correct
2: mm-hmm. i tried to do uh like holding Bitcoin and, and like in the business, it, it makes the business really unstable. It also volatile as Bitcoin. So you cannot run the business and then gamble uh, with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. You can store a small amount, but not a large amount where it affects your uh, balance sheet. We have to create a system where we reduce the risks uh, okay. of running the business. So basically, the systems uh, that you have to improve day by day is to reduce the risks of the, of uh, the business suddenly shutting down and doing that every day uh yeah the, the business will grow it, it you develop harder. the
1: expertise so what, what type of risks were you trying to reduce by running this business the, the first blockchain business uh, reduce the risks of volatility so you were still buying and selling obviously to create some cash for the business right, right? But mm-hmm. what, what sort of steps? I'm just curious to find out. But that, that's, you know, that's part of what you do in business, right? You have the risk assessment, put processes in place. What do you do to manage the, the risk of, 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 uh, of running a Bitcoin business?
2: So, uh, yeah, the, the risk of cryptocurrency, when you bought cryptocurrency and then suddenly it goes down, uh, then that's the risk. The, the company will lose money. Also, with employees, uh, you have to reduce the risk of uh, employees running away with money. And you have to create these uh, checks and balances within within the company so that no one single employee has access to everything. I think, yeah, around c- cybersecurity as well. So we need to make sure that we cannot get hacked, our or money are safe, or don't get stolen by hackers. And all because. these processes
1: came about because you did have problems with people getting trying to get hacked. You did have problems with people trying to, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. I I steal the Bitcoin, right? Because that, I mean, that's part of that's part of business, right?
2: Right. And when you're you're really doing good at something uh, that's, that's part of the business, for example, cybersecurity, then we spit You can spin it off. Alex. That's what we did. We spin off the cybersecurity part, and we found other companies who need this uh, also. And so we we sold this part of the business as well.
1: I'm curious, lang, what was the point when you were doing Bitcoin, you, you, were, you were doing the business, when all of a sudden you said, oh my God, it's actually going to work, it's actually going to succeed? Because you, know, you could have said, okay, you, know, you feel like sometimes, some days you're losing your pants right? <laughs> when you're doing Bitcoin because of the volatility. Yeah. What was the day when you said, oh my God, this is going to work, this company is going to work, it's, it's actually doing okay? I
2: guess every day that Bitcoin is at zero... Is a is a proof that Bitcoin is gonna work uh, every day that uh, because there is now a trillion dollar reason to hack the system <laughs> because the whole uh, Bitcoin ecosystem is now worth a, a trillion dollars plus. Wow. Uh, so there is a big reason now to hack the system and nobody has done it. Where's the b- bigger proof and, than that? There's a, a big uh, incentive to hack, but they cannot. And uh, this is uh, an indication that it's uh, it's robust. It's been running for almost 10 years already and uh, still growing. Wow.
1: Now, let me take a look at this. Let me, let me understand your business a bit better on. So the first one is really, you were doing, uh, for lack of a better term, you were doing buying and selling of Bitcoin for the business. No? And eventually, you found other opportunities or other pain points that you could address. Tell me how you developed your other business called Paylands, which is one of the businesses under Eight Ventures. What is the pain point that you were trying to address, or, or the oh, issue uh, you were trying
2: to solve? Back then, we need supplies of currencies, <laughs> and uh, Payline started as a way to send money to the Philippines using Bitcoin. So with Bitcoin, we convert it to peso and we send the peso to directly to the bank account of the the client. The pain point is that we need we need more uh, supplies, and also the other side we need more demand, and so we open money bees. Has multiple outlets across the Philippines, and they're providing uh, liquidity that were for an easy way for users to buy and sell cryptocurrencies using our physical outlets.
1: The Money piece is a physical outlet that you have, right? Yeah. But before that, let to. I want to finish some Paylands first. So uh, I understand Paylands is a Bitcoin payments and rewards platform that lets users send money for free and earn bitcoins. So tell us how how it actually works, so that we get a better appreciation uh, of. It the pain point that you were trying to solve when you created paylance?
2: Because we didn't have a lot of uh, users, so I guess the best way to incentivize people to use the system is to reward them with Bitcoin. And Tailance and is this... Uh, reward system if you bring your friend every time your friend transacts on paylands then you get first a certain percent of that
1: and just how big is the paylands business right now
2: right now we are still working on paylands. It's, it's not yet open fully to the public to be honest it's still uh, open to just a few clients that we have we have a, a few big clients that are using paylands right now our focus is to grow money bees
1: so let's talk about Moneybeast, man. I, I know you're briefly talking about the uh, sort of like the irritations or the pain points that made you create Moneybeast, but let's get into it again when you when you discovered the pain point and how did you move forward from there?
2: So for Moneybeast, we have a lot of users that are trading uh, that wants physical outlets that wants to meet physically uh, meet up. We thought of that. That's a very unsafe way of trading cryptocurrencies and and also. Uh, it's prone to money laundering and the like. So we thought of uh, partnering with already compliant uh, outlets, money changers. We have uh, pawn shops as well. These are outlets that already have the license from the central bank to do trading. And we do KYC as well for, for the clients. And these are in the specific spots, for example, in Research World Manila, in Venezuela. Grand Canal in Glorieta, Trinoma. And these are uh, convenient places where people can go and exchange their cryptocurrencies.
0: Wow.
1: So you, parted, you you ride on, so there's no need for you to build your own physical uh, physical spaces. You just partnered you already, you already with people who are already licensed with a BSP to through money exchanges. Is that correct?
2: Yes, yes, that's correct.
1: Okay, now this is interesting. I want to know also, how was that process for you to go actually go to the BSP and get yourselves registered so that you could actually do these physical venues for exchanging Bitcoin into money? How was how that like for you when you went to the BSP? Was it easy to, to get this done?
2: Yeah, it's a very long process, to be honest. There are multiple stages. of Now I think there's three stages, but back then there's two stages when we, we did the, the procedure yeah, they did due diligence on every shareholder of our company and made sure that we are go- going to be compliant. But in, in Moneybees, we are uh, doing extra in terms of compliance. We're also tracking every. That's why I recently we have this article about uh, our partnership with Chainalysis. Chainalysis is a tracking platform. What's so interesting about Bitcoin is that they thought that bitcoin is untraceable it's full of shady people mm-hmm. but actually bitcoin is highly traceable uh, it, it, the, everything is there in the public all the transactions are public it's just we don't know who those transacting parties are chain analysis is there to detect where the money is going or where did the money come from if there are blacklisted addresses for example they know that this address is where a hacked cryptocurrency went to after it hacked a certain website, it went to this cryptocurrency address. And we know if if this address wants to be exchanged to cash. And that's how we come in and we can detect whether a hacker is trying to convert the cryptocurrency into cash and uh, alert authorities when this happens. That's our uh, extra layer of uh, compliance. It's, this is actually not uh, required by, by the central bank. But so we're, internal we're, controls,
1: na lang, ba? that, That's basically how you how you perceive that.
2: Yeah, because back then the central bank didn't, didn't like cryptocurrency. Because a lot of it were you know anonymous. That's right. But doing this gives more trust into cryptocurrency. Got that?
1: Right now, how many physical money do you have out there in the Philippines?
2: I think eleven. Uh, right now we have in Trinoma, Glorieta, Eastwood, Market Market, and we're we're trying to grow it further. Right now we we are just in NCR, but we're talking to potential partners. We will grow us outside of NCR.
1: And, and what's your goal? What are you seeing? This is going to be a nationwide thing, like in every pawn shop or in every money exchange? Yeah. Is that your ultimate goal for this one?
2: Yes, it's still because Filipinos are still using cash. It's, it's just that now people are also are more and more uh, using online transactions. And uh, we can see the growth of our online platform doing that. That's why we have both Paylands and, and Moneybees uh, to have both the online and the offline transactions. I think because of the pandemic, more and more people will go online but still uh we're we're trying to grow our our physical outlets.
1: Got that. Basically both companies Paylands and MoneyBeast both belong to your holding company which is called 8 Ventures, is that right? Yes. Other other companies also under your whole blockchain ecosystem that yes. also does you know that contributes to what you're doing.
2: As I mentioned earlier, Sikuna is part of 8 Ventures. That's right. We have a couple of companies we're investing in part of the PFP. I cannot disclose yet because it's still uh Not yet live. We also have a Qubit, which is a real estate blockchain company. And we also invested in companies like Bloom. I don't know if you're familiar with Bloom. Uh, Please please elaborate
1: on Bloom. I know that you're one of the first investors into Bloom. Why was Bloom a company which which made sense to you in terms of your ecosystem?
2: Back then, Bloom is our trading partner. They're um, selling us cryptocurrencies and it made sense for us to invest in them so that their model, you know, uh, making remittance easier via cryptocurrencies. We thought that it's an easy way for us to also get supplies via Bloom. Yeah, that's why we partnered with Bloom and we invested in them.
1: Okay, so it's like it's... It's sort of like uh, vertical integration, if you think about it, in
2: terms of the business. And right now, we're we're still integrated via Paylands. So Paylands is is actually integrated with Bloom. So every time someone cashes in and cashes out on Paylands, we're using Bloom's uh, system for that.
1: Now, having having said that, I understand you also have a business called First Tree Ventures. And this is sort of like your investment arm
2: in new companies. Is that right? It's no longer uh, active right now. But Eight Ventures is our active.
1: I see. So I see right now with 8Ventures, you're using that as the company to invest in yes. other businesses and, and startups or innovation, innovative business models that support the growth of, the, of what you've created in terms of a blockchain ecosystem. So what are the yeah. opportunities that you're seeing emerging here right now when it comes to the blockchain? Where can we grow in the next couple of years? I know that you've mentioned industries like, for example, finance or farming or even real estate. What are the opportunities right, right now in terms of you investing and seeing where blockchain can take you? But it can take us even further.
2: NFT is really very interesting. Uh, we can see the growth.
1: i oh, sorry, you have to explain a bit more for people, for the first timers who are coming across, what, what is NFT and what is it, and how does it work? I'm sorry, Jaya, if you don't mind, so that people coming for the first time. Can, can yeah,
2: it's, NFT means non-fungible tokens, and, and this means that you can tokenize certain digital assets, for example, virtual items in games. And so this makes these games' virtual assets become highly tradable, even outside the game. And obviously, uh, Axie Infinity is already very popular right now. We have Axie Infinity virtual tokens uh, getting traded. We can see a lot of the volume going in, SLP, AXS. And there are more games that are also out there. And I can see that the gaming industry will obviously be big for... uh, blockchain
1: why will the gaming industry be big for the blockchain for people who might not understand why is such a big
2: opportunity oh because there there's a lot of virtual items that you know people collect things in the game and this one if if we if you put into blockchain it becomes highly tradable and uh the value uh goes higher uh, as people uh as more people are are uh using the game or playing the game
1: and what are the other opportunities you're seeing as well where do you plan to expand 8ventures right now in terms of what companies are you looking to invest in what, what are you looking to grow with 8ventures
2: uh right now we're we're focused here of, of investing here in the philippines i cannot disclose the names of the companies yet but it's very interesting the the, the tokenization uh that they're doing yeah in general uh these are the the, the things that uh we're interested in investing in
1: in about five to eight years, where do you see right now uh, eight
2: ventures? I actually, you know, don't think that long term in terms of how do I see myself after five or ten years. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very expensive process for me. <laughs> People will, you know, uh, see you know someone is very ambitious, but honestly, I don't really look at myself in, in five ten years time. It's just uh, for me, I work. Very hard, almost every day, <laughs> even holidays, even uh, even weekends. I just want everything to be doing really well every day, and that for me, I'm focused on doing that. Obviously, we have to continuously adapt with the changing environment, and it's very hard for me to see, you know, if there's gonna be pandemic, <laughs> there's gonna be uh, climate change, is gonna affect everyone in five, ten years time. What's important is that if the environment changes, if there are changes in the industry, in the system, your business should also adapt. And that's what I'm I'm doing right now.
1: I wanted to ask you because you've been in blockchain, so there have been many times, you feel like, oh, this is great. And all of a sudden you also feel like, oh my gosh, I've lost everything. I mean, that that's that's the volatility that is involved over there. I guess what life and business skills have you gained? What type of resilience have you learned from your... 9 to 10 years of being in the blockchain world that people can learn from and I guess apply in their own businesses as
2: well. I guess the idea is that you gain some, you lose some. You can imagine if I kept my money into Bitcoin, I should have been made so much more money. It's just we cannot predict things and you have to think that you've done your best and if you failed, you just stand up again and then do your best again. You cannot do anything about Certain things. Just try to do your best.
1: And having said that, no, I-, I was asking you earlier offline, but this is very interesting. I know that you've been heavily involved in the blockchain. And you're seeing many opportunities emerge because of blockchain or outside of blockchain. Now, if you had the time or the energy to do something outside of blockchain, what would these opportunities that you would be pursuing right now if it wasn't if you weren't involved in blockchain or industries surrounding blockchain that if you had time you would also pursue them?
2: I would probably still be in in the e wallet uh, platform. I was doing that before I went into Bitcoin. I was already doing e wallets online platforms, and I was a software engineer before I started Bitcoin trading. I would probably be still doing programs. In, you know, in what particular portion
1: of the e wallet uh, e wallet industry? Or e-wallet world would you be involved in? Because there's so many different opportunities there right now. What are you seeing as as one of the more interesting plays in the e-wallet industry?
2: There's a lot of opportunities in the Philippines. Filipinos is a unique market. I haven't really thought deeply about it now because it's it's, not in the space. But it's just there's a lot of opportunities because Filipinos are, not a lot of Filipinos are using e-wallet. But now and during the pandemic more Filipinos are using e-wallet. I guess there's a way for Filipinos to develop this platform without using foreign technology. Yeah. We don't yeah, we don't need to to use like PayPal before uh we, we were using PayPal and, and like I think we need to develop our own e-wallet technology.
1: I hear you there. And with that, thank you so much, Mister J. Ricky Villarante. We learned so much from you here in this discussion. There's still a lot more to learn from you. Again, 8 Ventures, we wish you the best of luck. And again, if you can buy his book, blockchain, it's available uh, in Amazon here right now. Great learning. I, I've been this. Is good, this is going to be my ninth reading here so far. Uh, J, any final words for the entrepreneurs out there?
2: Yeah, uh, for just, just as I said in grand visions is okay but we still need to grind every day we need to work really hard to make sure our business will be successful it's very hard to just rest on your laurels and think that everything will be fine
1: and with that thanks so much Jay Ricky Villarante again this is Arjuna Despo, thanks for joining me my podcast we will hear from you again in the next podcast thanks so much guys we'll see you Thank you